Yeah, so if you've been here with us um, this fall, you know that we've been in the book of Acts, and we've seen the early church and how um, they've been sharing the gospel and uh, spreading the good news of Jesus. And so God is still moving, and that's one of the privileges that we had when we were in Honduras. And tonight, we just want to take some time, and we want to try to give you a glimpse into the good things and great things that Jesus did while we were there and some of the experiences that we had. So we're very excited to share with you and hope that you'll enjoy this time with us. It's, it's fun for us because we get to relive it in our memories. We're actually having a dinner Friday night. We're going to make Honduran food. Thank you, Andrea. <laughs> we have inside scoop here. Yeah, it's going to be good. Um, anyway, so um, let's go ahead and welcome our first. It's really three you're going to hear from, but one's on video. Um, so Andrea and Erin, I'll give them a hand. So while we were there, um, this first part we're going to talk about is how we saw just one body, just the unity of the body of Christ. We've been talking about that a lot through the book of Acts, and so we're going to focus on that. And even just thinking about how the Lord works in general, like we saw him starting to work, I want to say right out of the gate. We weren't even to the gate yet when we started seeing the Lord work, um, and I mean the airport gate. Um, but I want to give y'all a little glimpse into, one, is spiritual warfare that happens, um, but two, the goodness of God that happens. Um, so we get to the airport, I think at like 5 o'clock, everything was great, checked in. Um, first little hiccup was my credit card wouldn't work um, for a $545 purchase, and I was like, Lord, help. Um, and he, he made that work out just fine. That had never happened before. It was a church credit card. It wasn't like it was declined. It just wouldn't go through the swiper. Um, and they couldn't dial it in. It didn't matter. Anyway, um, so that was the first little thing. We got through that. So then we get in the line for TSA. And y'all know those lines, right? They can be long. This was like, my husband travels a lot. He says he's never, ever seen it this bad. There was a waiting line for the line. No joke. Waiting line for the line. Okay, so we know it's going to be tight. And we're rolling upon 6 and 6.30, and our flight leaves at 7, and it's 6.45, and we're way back, and we're like, okay. And we get really close to, you know, the security thing. There's two things open, and people trying to skip, people in the back, like, starting to cry because they're on the same flight. And they're like, we're going to miss our flight. Meanwhile, our team is like, pray, pray for the Lord to hold the plane, pray for the Lord to hold the plane. And so this is how we we're going through just the first part. Well, these two, this is appropriate, y'all are here first. Um, these two are the sprinters, and so they were first in line, and so I had said, when y'all get through, run to the gate and ask them to hold the plane because, you know, TSA don't make any phone calls. They're like, no, we, we cannot do that. So they can't call and say hold the plane. Um, so that's what they did. They ran. Who ran first? Which one were you? You know. Uh, I think Aaron was first. So Aaron was first. All right, so Aaron runs. He get, Okay, y'all were together. Um, so get, they get there, and I think I'm telling this right. Um, they were like, I'm sorry, we can't hold the plane. Anyway, all of this happens. We're praying. Then TSA line goes down to one because the machine broke. And we're like, Lord, hold the plane. And meanwhile, we're hearing, doors will close in three minutes and will not reopen. <laughs> we heard that, and then we heard it again 10 minutes later, and we're like, okay, the Lord's holding the plane. Lord, hold the plane. We only had an hour layover in Houston, um, so that's tight. Um, but all of that to say, long story short, I think Aaron ended up talking to the pilot, who he didn't know was the pilot at the time, and told him, hey, this is, yeah, and told, like, this is what's happening. And this is cool, too. We got on the flight. We got on the flight. 
Praise the Lord. It was, it was like a home alone moment. Like, I kid you not. We were like, oh my goodness. We had a lot of those. We won't tell them all. We won't tell them all. Where are you people? Ben's in the room. We're not going to tell all the home alone moments. I'm just kidding. They might. Um, anyway, um, so we get on the plane, and then the pilot comes on. This is like 40 minutes later. Like, they held the plane for 40 minutes. This is a big deal. This does not happen. Um, and so the pilot gets on, and he actually greets our team. He said, we have a mission team from Bellevue Baptist Church, um, and told about that. That never happens. And then before we landed, he said, raise your hand if you have a quick connection on your next flight. And, of course, we're all like, before we land, our next flight is, um, like, boarding. Please help us. Um, but he asked everybody that did not have a tight layover, everybody who was going to final destination Houston to stay seated to let those of us with tight connections get out. The Lord did all of that. Like, he used people to do it, but it was the Lord that went before us and did that. So that was just some things to get us started. Um, and Rachel's going to share more about some things that happened. One of the things that we saw God do early on, before we even left, actually, um, we had a team member, actually two, that had to back out very last minute. And so when one backed out, this was like two weeks before, like it was really last minute. And so we're praying, and we're like, Lord, what do we do? What do we do with this? Um, and so he just laid on my heart, Rachel Farmer, and I reached out to her. She can't be here tonight. She's traveling out of town for work. Um, but I, I know, number one, she walks by the Spirit more than most people that I know. And so I was like, okay, Rachel, I need you to pray. And she was like, okay, I'm going to pray. Now, I told her on the way home she cannot wait until next year and do the same thing because we're not going to trust that to happen again. Um, but she prayed, and the very next day she was like, yeah, I think the Lord is calling me to go to Honduras. Well, the cool thing about that, she's been before. She was already fully trained, fully trained in evangelism, all of the things. She's been serving here at the church, so she was already approved by the church to go. The Lord had just worked out a whole lot of things. Um, so I set all of that up to say the Lord works in the lives of his people. Um, so first we're going to hear from Rachel on how she saw him working and how she saw the unity of the body in Honduras. opportunity to testify of the great things he has done. Um, it was such a beautiful gift from the Lord to send me last minute on this trip to Honduras. Um, it was a sweet, sweet and humbling thing um, to be able to travel um, with this group of brothers and sisters in the Lord. And I guess the thing I want to encourage you with, uh, which was kind of our battle cry, we got on the first day when we got down there um, and just came together with the brothers and sisters down there was just a reminder that hey, in other nations and, and tribes and tongues, they are also worshiping the same God. And um, he spoke out of Acts, actually, the first day when he is exhorting us, which is funny since y'all are going through Acts right now, but um, he said to do not be afraid, but to speak, because God is with us, um, and there's many people in this city. And so I feel like that was our battle cry for the week um, that came from the church down there. And on Sunday, they talked about how as new people become part of the body of Christ. Um, they become part of the new Jerusalem that he's building, and we're all living stones um, being put together, um, awaiting the return of the bride of Jesus Christ. And so as we went together with uh, our ministry partners from Impacted Church and, and together, it was just a sweet reminder that we're all one body uh, with many members, but uh, with different functions, but all with the same spirit and the same purpose and um, seeking out other living stones. Um, so... 
it was just an encouragement to walk alongside the leaders down there. So there's that. Yeah, so as Rachel said, um, Hector, who is uh, one of the ministry partners down there, he did, we were all, our team, he gave us a, a great, after lunch, he gave us a great little, um, like she said, kind of a, a battle cry, kind of like an encouragement of what we are here to do, and it's not going to be easy, but we need to just stay strong, and we prayed about it, and so that was really beautiful, too. So um, I would like to ask Aaron, first thing. So, Aaron, I know this was um, your first time to be in Honduras and also your first international mission trip. And um, it was a, it was a blessing for me to get to go with my brother, uh, if you don't know we're brothers. And so that was really special, getting to train together and um, getting to see us uh, together there. But tell us a little bit about um, your experience, uh, first time in Honduras and international mission, and also um, our work with the ministry partners there. Yeah, yeah. So as Clinton said, this was my first um, international mission trip, um, and I just want to start off by saying it was an incredible experience, um, and I'm so thankful that I was able to go. Um, two things that really stood out to me that I wanted to talk about right now were, um, number one was the generosity just of Impacto, the church, our church partners um, down in Honduras, um, and the second thing was the power of prayer. Um, so the church, um, that hosted us the whole week and that we were partnered with, um, they were just so gracious from the first moment we stepped in the doors. Um, and I know I've heard this is how it is every single year, you know, in the past, and this is my first year going. I've always heard that, but to get to experience, it was really incredible. Um, but they provided so much food for us. They cooked a lot of food for us in the church, um, which was just really awesome and, they just went above and beyond and provided for us in so many ways. And it was so sweet to just be able to see that. And it was really encouraging and honestly a challenge for me in my life of, you know, to see that kind of generosity and want to live like that as well. You know, so that was a huge encouragement. And part of that uh, generosity, um, there was a church member who hosted a, what we called a big feast one night. It was called Solomon's Feast. His name was Solomon. And uh, it's called Solomon's Feast, what we called it. And so anyway, we went and he cooked all of this food and they provided, I mean, it was a huge meal of all kinds of stuff. And we were out, um, I think it was at a school, right? Like kind of under a pavilion at a school. Um, but there was, uh, his uncle actually came, um, and his, we knew that his uncle, um, was not a believer and we were just praying for him the whole night that maybe there would be an opportunity to share the gospel. He had asked a lot of people to pray. And so we were praying for that. Um, and it was just really cool because there was a moment, uh, in time where, um, the pastor of Impacto, the church that we were at, uh, I was sitting with him and some other guys from our group were sitting with him and he just said, we need to pray right now. I think they're, you know, they have an opportunity to share the gospel right now. They were, uh, his uncle was sitting at another table with some people. And so we prayed right there. And, um, I just thought about the verse, uh, John 15, seven, it says, um, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. And, um, you know, we just prayed, and there were so many things, as Tanya mentioned, throughout the trip that we prayed for, and the Lord just answered so many prayers with the flight in the beginning for us to get there, um, and all the people who we were able to talk to and minister to during the trip, and the open hearts that were down in Honduras. So um, just the power of prayer, that was a, another huge thing that I wanted to mention. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm with Aaron. Like, I love this church. Y'all have heard me say, if you've heard me talk about Honduras before, you've heard me say, I love this church, and I love it because, one, they just do ministry right. They just do it right. But I love it because they love the Lord. I just don't understand. Like, they make me want to love Jesus more. And I just want to be around all of them 
all of the time. Like, they love Jesus. And so these things that Aaron was talking about, this is not like, oh, hey, a mission team is here, so hey, let's, let's pray for this person. Like, that's how they live life. It's very intentional. It's very God-focused. It's very, he permeates every part of life, not in segments. Um, so yeah, I'm with Aaron. It's amazing, amazing church. Andre. Oh, Clinton, I have a question for you. I yes, like, you do. Yeah, I talk to you. Okay, so Clinton, <laughs> yes. this is your third trip. Y'all, Clinton was um, co-leader on this trip. Shout out to him. Hands up for Clinton. I'm telling you, he did an awesome, awesome job. All the Lord. It was the Lord, but he did a great job. He used Clinton in great, great ways from start to finish, planning until now. Um, such, Thank such you. a great job. Um, so this is your third year to go. So tell me over the years, like, what have you seen from Impacto? Yeah, just to echo, I mean, I, I, you know, I wish everybody could experience their just generosity and how genuine they are in their faith. Um, but one of the words that I was thinking about that came to me was um, how intentional they are. And I was sharing with one of my friends um, who lives out of town about the trip. And he brought to he brought to my attention, he said, you know, that's a great word, he said, but I, some intention can be good intentions or bad intentions. And I thought about that and I said, hmm. So I think a better word would be sacrificial because that's how they live and that's how they serve us when we're there. They're sacrificial in their time and the way that they care for us and love on us and just the way that they represent Christ. So that's very beautiful. So that the word that comes to mind is sacrificial. And I wanted to talk a little bit too about, there were two really great stories um, and I'll try to keep them short. The first one was the very first, it was Monday. That was the first day we really had door to door. So we were in Chaloma. And I got to go with um, Callie and one of our translators and um, our ministry partners, as we as we say, because they're way more than just translators. And so I went to this. Uh, we went to this home, and they were expecting us because we partnered with another church there in Chaloma, and they were expecting food uh, packets to be given out. So they were expecting us, and we sat down and we started talking with a Pentecostal pastor, and he was an older gentleman, and he was talking about how certain members of his family. Uh, we're not saved. And we said, well, we want to talk. This is door to door. Like, this is what we're here to do. We're here to share the gospel. And so I said, well, I want to talk with your family members who are not saved. And so he wound up calling his granddaughter. I think she was 16 years old. And she came up and she was kind of shy and kind of seemed a little bit closed off in the beginning. But we went through Welcome to Eternity. It lasted about, it lasted about 45 minutes or so, 45 minutes to an hour. And throughout this time, there was also, there was a baby in their family that was not doing well. And it was, it was a lot of distractions. But as we got through Welcome to Eternity, the girl, she lightened up, and she really, you could just see the change in her face. And so we got to the end and asked if she wanted to receive Christ, and she said yes. Um, and, and he'd also told us that she had grown up in the church but had fallen away. And so it was such a beautiful thing. When we finished praying, he, the grandfather, was so overjoyed. He was hugging me and uh, crying, and um, and my, my uh, mission uh partner, ministry partner, she said, I can no longer translate for you because he is now speaking in tongues. And I just said, wow. And, and, and she asked him, to, uh, she asked, uh, he asked her to translate to me. Uh, does he understand what I'm saying? I said, the Lord understands. It's beautiful. Angels are rejoicing. So that was beautiful. The second thing um, was when I got to go to, um, we were in Vienna Nueva, which was, that was the next day. And, um, and we were going through the town there and there was a young, a young boy and he was, um, watching his siblings. He had two younger siblings, very, very young. And they had like a, a dog that was barking very viciously at us. We were like, okay. Uh, but I was with Belle 
that day. Um, and so we walked up and asked if he would like to, if we could talk to him. He said, sure. So I, uh, he was younger, he was 12. So I started sharing the Evangicube. And we got through the Evangicube. And during that, he was kind of, he was very open to talking with us. And he told Roberto, our ministry partner, he said, I've already uh, made a decision. I've already given my life to Christ. But then as time went on, when I was continuing to share, he actually opened up and said, I actually have not ever given my life to Christ. Um, and I said, well, is that something you'd like to do? And he said, yes. And the beautiful thing um, is he was younger, but when we prayed, he was praying out loud, which was very, very beautiful. And when we finished praying, he had, he was crying. And so it was just very, very, um, it's just a very sweet time where the Holy Spirit led us to these places and, and open hearts. And it was just so beautiful. So those were very, two, two great highlights that I got to experience. Okay, Andrea, this is, thank you, Quentin. Yeah, absolutely. Y'all, yeah. there's so many stories. We could be here all night long telling you all the stories that the Lord did. So we're just trying to pick out some highlights. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, so Andrea, so this is your country where you were born and raised. So what does it feel like um, to get to go back and serve in this, in this way? It was such a blessing um, to just be able to spend time with my people and just seeing some of my people give the life to Christ and be able to share the gospel with them. It was just truly just a special time. So can you tell us how you were encouraged by the believers there and also one of your favorite stories? Yeah, so I was so encouraged by not just our uh, ministry partners um, at Impacto, but also just believers that I met um, throughout our, our trip. Um, so, and one of them was a lady in Villanueva. Um, we were doing door to door in the morning and we just met her and it was just like a quick, like two minutes, uh, cause she was working. Uh, but then later that day he, sh uh, she showed up at the, um, uh, at the woman's Bible study, um, uh, that I was teaching uh, that afternoon. Uh, so she was there and then, uh, we finished the Bible study and we just like started talking and she just like started sharing about her faith. Um, and I could just tell just how, um, how strong her faith is and just how humble, um, uh, she is too. Um, some of the things she shared, uh, she shared just how sometimes, like she said, sometimes I don't have, um, enough, um, just money for like my next meal. Like, I don't know if I'll have food like on the table. Um, and she's like, but whatever, um, the money that I have, I just, I give to the church. Um, and she says, um, she said, and when I don't have anything, I just pray, Lord, you know that I don't have anything to give you right now. But as soon as I, you know, get something, I will uh, give to the church. And then she, she was just, she just kept saying, like, I know that God will provide and I trust him. I trust the Lord. I trust that he provides and he has provided for me in the past. Um, she said, sometimes she prays like, Lord, I don't have anything, any food for the next meal. And then, and then a neighbor shows up at her door, like saying, I made soup for you. Um, so I was just so encouraging to hear, um, just how much she, she trusted the Lord. And it was just a blessing for me to hear that. And also one of the things that it made me think about is just, uh, Hosea 6, 6 says, um, I don't, I want you to show love and not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me, um, more than I want you to offer burnt offerings. Um, so I just think about like how oftentimes I or or us, we can overcomplicate what it means to be a disciple. And we want to, we think about like, oh, I need to be signing up for every single um, service opportunity at Bellevue or like, 
um, I need to have this degree or like I, I, I'm lacking this resources or our money or et cetera. Um, but it's not, it's not about that. God is not looking for what we can give him, but just like our obedience, like are we available and are we saying yes to the next step that he's calling us to? Um, so it's just something that I've been like thinking about. And, um, and then another one of the stories that was impactful to me was, uh, during door to door, we shared, um, we went to, to a house and we were talking with a couple and Chase was sharing three circles. And then, um, we were interrupted by the man of the house and he, he just noticed that, uh, me and, uh, the lady that we were partnered with, uh, were wearing pants. And he just said, like, why, why are women uh, wearing pants? Um, Deuteronomy says, you know, men should not dress like women and women should not dress like men. Um, so, like, we, we went there with the intention of sharing the gospel and using this method of evangelism. And then God completely, like, changed our plans. And uh, it was just so beautiful to see uh, the power of the Holy Spirit. And because um, the Holy Spirit just brought uh, verses to mind. Like, Chase was sharing verses. I was sharing verses. Um, our ministry partner was sharing verses and a lot of those verses like we haven't like read them in a while like I was just thinking like oh I know this is verses in Romans like I'm just gonna flip through it and try to find it and I was able to find a lot of those verses so it was just all uh, the Lord because we didn't prepare for that conversation specifically but um, the Lord just helped us uh, with that as well yeah I felt this was the whole week long like one it was so neat to see the Lord, he goes before us. So this team, they worked really hard. They trained for six months. Like, they trained well. But that doesn't really even make a difference if the Lord is not there and if the Holy Spirit is not the one working. Because we didn't train on, okay, what does somebody ask you about? Why are you not wearing a skirt? Um, we don't do that part. Um, so just to see how the Lord shows up and works through us. Because it's all about the Holy Spirit comes in. He does the work. The Lord does. Like, it is amazing just to watch God do that. And then to meet these people like this lady, and I think about the lady at the orphanage. I don't know if anybody else shared about her tonight, but just the faith of other believers around the world. Like we will, if we're a believer, we will all be together in heaven, and we will all understand what we're all saying, and it won't be like in tongues. Like we will know. Um, it's a beautiful thing. So let's thank Aaron and Andrea and Rachel, and thank you. Go ahead. All right, we're gonna bring up. Parker, Joe, Bell, and Chase. Parker, Joe, Bell, and Chase. Welcome them. All right, so Andrea ended talking about the Holy Spirit, and this is the next segment is the work of the Spirit. Um, early on in our study, um, we talked about Acts 1, right? Um, Acts 1, 8. And the, whole, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And that's what we lived out this week was truly not us. It was not, we might open our mouths, but it was the work of the Lord that was leading us. So Parker, you had some experiences this week. So share with us how you saw the Holy Spirit moving. Yeah, so there were two stories uh, that I wanted to share. And the first one was when we were out at Villanueva. And we were sharing the gospel door to door and we came across four ladies and I was able to share all of welcome to eternity with them. And <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and so uh, during that time, um, they understood 
that they were sinners and that they were not able to keep God's law. And um, I was able to um, convey to them that Christ, his work is good enough for us. And they're like, well, you know, we're just not ready because we'll never be good enough. And I was like, well, that's, that's exactly the point is that we're sinners and Christ died for us. And so um, that's when Angie was able to share her testimony and she shared how she felt like she could never be good enough. And unfortunately she couldn't be here tonight. Um, but she shared her testimony and gave them um, understanding that they didn't understand the message originally, but then like completely was able to relate to them and how they felt guilty and they felt not good enough. And so um, I asked them if they wanted to receive Christ at that point, And they said, no, we're not ready, but um, thank you for sharing. And so uh, we left them and just prayed peace on them. And later on, they brought their kids to the, um, to the VBS. And so they, they waved and said, hey. So um, the Lord was still working in their lives, even though, even though they didn't receive uh, the gospel at that point. Um, and then the second story um, was at the church. It was just kind of like the fellowship um, aspect, being able to be around believers and um, appreciate one another. Um, at the men's uh, conference, um, we were getting ready to have the men's conference, and there's uh, one room for the whole church, one big room. And so there was also a wedding the next day, and so um, the men were supposed to have it in the, the big room. Well, we, they had all moved out to this small like alley on the side of the church, and so we were wondering what was going on. And so they had moved outside so that the ladies could decorate for the, the wedding the next day, which was awesome. But the ladies were also waiting so that the men could have their conference. Um, so they, they chatted, and then we rearranged the chairs and came back in. So um, it reminded me of the verse in um, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, that says, submitting to one another out of the fear of the Lord. Um, and I just really appreciated their you know unity in that moment and um, just looking out for one another. Yeah, and Parker, back to your first story. Um, Parker mentioned Angie, and she was with him, and she's not able to be here with us tonight. But that is one of those instances that we have been talking about where the Holy Spirit uh, prompted her while they were sharing to share her testimony. Um, I remember her sharing that she kind of she felt that prompting and said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna share my testimony." And because of that, um, I know that that was strengthen strengthen that conversation. So um, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I want to park for a second and talk about Welcome to Eternity. Y'all have heard that, and we haven't talked about it. Um, so Welcome to Eternity is an evangelism tool that Impacto Church wrote um, that many of you who have been on any mission project here with Young Adult Ministry, we learn it because it is by far the best tool I have ever seen to share the gospel. It takes about 45 minutes to an hour. Um, and if you've sat down with me with coffee, we have gone through it before. Um, it is just very, very in-depth. And so that when you hear Welcome to Eternity, that is what it's talking about. It covers most anything you can imagine when it comes to how the Lord has redeemed us. And that was our that was our prayer, that we would be um, so aware of Welcome to Eternity and the verses, we would have them so memorized that that's why we did so much training, is that when we were prompted on how to speak to someone, the Holy Spirit would lead us and it would just be there. We wouldn't have to fumble trying to find anything, and, and we saw that in many, many ways. And I know you saw it 
in a lot of ways too. Would you like to share some of those I ways? I would like to share. <laughs> Please do. Thank you, Courtney. Um, so some ways, I want to share two things um, where I saw the Holy Spirit moving. Um, first was we were in Villanueva this day, and my ministry partner was 16, and I, my husband and I have been to Honduras several times, and so we have been in his home when he was like eight years old. So like watching him be 16 now serving with us was a pretty special thing. His name is Jose. And I'm telling you, I have a 16-year-old. Um, ben, you have a 16-year-old, right? Or close. 15. Real close. Um, I would want to say that they would do this. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if mine would. Um, okay, so I'm at, I'm with Callie. Um, so um, Callie is very fluent in Spanish, um, though she says that it's rusty. I don't know about that. Um, so I'm with Callie. She's my team leader that day. And we get to this house, and Jose... Um, here's her speaking, and he was like, so Callie's kind of doing good on her own. Um, I'll just translate for you. And I was like, sweet, because I don't know what they're saying. And so he's just starting to, like, translate for me, which was great. And then he says, this is where I saw the Holy Spirit speaking to him. Um, so he says, hey, Callie's really doing awesome talking to this lady. We can cover more ground if we split up. So what if you and I walk in down the street and leave Callie here. She had a church partner and ministry partner with her, um, or not the ministry because you were speaking Spanish anyway. She had somebody with her. We didn't, like, ditch her. Um, but just the fact that a 16-year-old could say, hey, we can cover more ground. So, like, he wasn't there just to translate words. He was there on mission for the Lord. And that just blew me away that the Holy Spirit would say, hey, Jose, you take lead right now because that's what he did. And so he took us on down the street, and I could share a lot of stories there. But we covered a lot more ground, and we got way on down the street, and a home of um, two adult ladies were there. They had their kids there as two sisters, and they ended up giving their heart to Christ that day. So that was amazing. Amen. And then we're coming back down the road, and I looked up, and I see Callie, and she's at another house, nowhere near down the road where we were. And I just thought, the Lord wanted to save those people that day. And he used Jose to get us there. That was amazing. A 16-year-old. Amazing. Um, so that was one story. I was with Jose as well. Um, one of those days of door-to-door, and it was the same thing. He's just so well-versed and welcome to eternity as well. And he's also uh, a drummer at the church. So he's like one of their main drummers, which is awesome. He's 16. He's a great drummer. He's learned a lot. And so he is serving in a lot of different ways. We were very blessed to have him. It was incredible. Um, so the second thing where I saw the Holy Spirit moving was we were in Malima. So this is our last ministry day. And um, just that area has a lot of false doctrine, a lot of false teaching in that community. And so we were at a home, and the lady was very um, open and receptive. And um, she listened to the whole gospel we went through, spent, you know, 45 minutes or so with her. She had her husband, Alejandro, and her nephew, I think his name is David, he was 15. So they were on the porch with her and they were like listening and they would engage a little bit. And her husband, um, he had a lot of Bible knowledge. She didn't have as much as he did. Um, so they were kind of in and out though. But this lady, she was engaged the whole time. And so we get all the way to the end and ask her if she had faith enough to believe if she wanted to receive the gift, repent of her sins um, for salvation. And she said, I understand um, but it's a lot that I'm not ready to change yet. She wasn't ready to repent. She was not ready to turn from her sin. And that's really sad um, when that happens because she rejected Christ that day. 
Um, but where I saw the Lord show up is her husband and nephew had come back out. And so we just kind of went over some things with them again. And I asked them if they needed to repent of their sin and be saved or if they had ever done that before. And both of those guys, the husband said, um, no, I've actually never repented, but I need to change my life today. I need God to save me. That was amazing. Like, he was just kind of in and out, but he was engaged enough. And the same thing for the nephew. Um, he said, I need to live my life a different way. I need God to save me. Um, and so both of them, you know, we talked a little bit more with them, but they both ended up giving their life to Christ. But what an amazing thing, because now the husband, the leader of the home, is a believer. And so there's much greater chance that he will bring his wife to the Lord. Um, so that was the Holy Spirit working, even using her to listen because the message went to them as she was hearing the gospel. Yes, Joe. Joe. Okay. <laughs> okay, Joe. So, Joe, this was your first time to Honduras. Yes. yes. Was it your yes. first mission trip? <clears throat> yeah, it was my first mission trip and my first time out of the country, actually. And, um, yeah, so I didn't really know anything. I There was a lot of unknowns for me. And, uh, but they, but y'all did a great job of like preparing us for the trip. Um, you know, everything was lined up. Um, we actually had evangel buddies. It's, it's like we partner up with people. Um, my, my partner was, uh, Aaron and, uh, we would go to Shelby farms and, uh, practice sharing the gospel to each other so that we were, you know, when it came time to really share, you know, door to door, like we would be ready. Um, so that was really neat. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I want you to talk about how you saw the spirit move at this family of six. I was on your team. Mm. He was team leader this day. Mm. Um, so share about that family. Yeah. Um, we were in Chaloma, which is a nearby city and we were, uh, going door to door, uh, sharing the gospel. And I was with Tanya and we had our, uh, translator there and uh, we went to this uh, house, and it was uh, a family of six people. And there was a mom, dad, and uh, three three kids, and a grandmother. And so we started sharing with them and kind of asking questions, seeing where they they were they were at with their faith. And um, yeah, they they definitely realized like you know they were sinners, like you know as it says in Romans. So that was, that was good. Um, and they definitely knew who Jesus was. So that was good. But, um, you know, when we asked, okay, um, you know, what do you think you need to, to receive the gift of eternal life with Jesus, with God? Um, they said, you know, I think it's doing good things, uh, being a good person, doing good deeds, good works. And so we, you know, we pointed out to them in, in Ephesians, though, it says, um, you know, for, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Um, it is not by your works uh, so that no one, no one can boast. And so they, that was new to them. They had never, they had never seen that or heard that. And um, we pointed out to them also in Romans, it says, you know, declare with your uh, mouth that Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And um, then we asked them, you know, has, has there been a moment in your life where, um, you know, you've done this? And if not, you know, would you like to make that decision right now um, to, 
give your life to Jesus. And uh, all six people raised their hand. And um, me and Tanya were just like, oh, wow, this is this is crazy. Yeah, because it it, that normally doesn't happen. Um, Usually there's roadblocks. But um, yeah, so Tanya asked them, okay, like, why do you want each person like why do you want to repent and um ask jesus to be your lord and um you know when we when she asked them they they gave answers you know like um you know i want to repent i want to um you know i need a savior and i you know i want to be i want to have eternal life and we could see that it was genuine um so and I, I could just feel the weight after that. I was because they're the grandmother. She was ninety, you know, probably she looked like she was very old. And you know, you have to think like, okay, how many how many chances are you? Is she how many? You know, this could be your last chance. Um, and so uh, we, you know, I I you know I, then I prayed with them, um, you know, to receive Christ. I I didn't know what to say at first, you know, uh, but the Lord definitely gave me the words to say in that moment. So, um, yeah, pray, praise God for what he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cool to see. The, I mean, the Holy Spirit steps in because you're like, okay, this is a big deal. Like, you don't want to leave somebody just in this easy believism kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if y'all remember, but if you were here, I think it was the Wednesday night before we left maybe, or maybe the week before, um, and we prayed during our prayer time for the Holy Spirit to go before us and to like get the hearts of the people ready. And for me, watching Joe and listening to him, and they were so ready for the Lord to save them, I thought this is an answer to prayer. Like our people have prayed that God would get the hearts of the people ready, and they were ready um, to receive Christ, and it was amazing. Yeah. Um, Okay, Chase. So this was not your first trip either. Um, So I love what you said. It was something at the airport. There's a mic behind you as well, Bill. maybe on your right side. Um, So I love something you said about numbers um, and how it's not the size of the number or something like that. I mean, if you want to talk a little bit. Uh, Yes, I would. So something that stuck out to me was starting with the things leading up to it. We didn't have a very big team to begin with. um, And we had a couple of people on our side drop. And then even after that, the normal translators that we were accustomed to, they were gone for the week as well. So there were just a number of things that happened, but that was God orchestrated because that made room for other people, for people who filled in that role on our side in Honduras too, because uh, Jose's little brother, Juan, this was his first time uh, doing mission work, only 13 years old, I want to say. And he was with me the first time that we did door to door and he did a fantastic job. And so all that to say that, <clears throat> in short, uh, it doesn't matter the numbers to God. He will make it work. <laughs> I wanted to comment, too. Um, thank you for that, Chase. Uh, back to and what you were saying and also Joe, but it's just such a beautiful thing to get to share with somebody. It's a very, um, and it, like you said, it's not about the numbers. It's just a very beautiful thing when you get to share and see someone's life you can just see their emotions just change. Um, and I, pr- I pray that for everyone. If you've never gotten to share, please talk to somebody and learn. And, and because the Holy Spirit will, it will take, uh, the Holy Spirit will take over and guide you. And it's a, just a beautiful feeling. You can't, you can't even describe it. 
I can't explain it. But uh, but thank you for that, Chase. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bill, we would love to ask you how you saw the Lord provide because we talked we talked a lot about provisions, and you have something to share specifically about that. Yeah. Um, so as you can see, like we all talked about provision in different ways. Um, when we go as missionaries, we have to raise um, our price that we have to pay for the trip to cover our expenses, our hotel, flights, everything. Um, and I saw God move in crazy ways. Um, I was in a job earlier this year uh, working at the hospital, unhappy, um, had a little bit of a hard time and ended up leaving that job. And I was praying. I was like, God, I signed up for the for the mission trip, and I I'm, un, I'm unemployed. I'm not gonna go. And um, He provided everything. Uh, but for me specifically, uh, the biggest provision came when we got there, uh, and being able to see that people. And for those who have never been outside of uh, U.S. or Let's not count Europe. Europe is pretty rich, too. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm from Brazil, so we have really rich areas and we have extreme poverty areas. And being there and being able to relieve uh, some of those memories and um, see all that over again, it just came to me how, how good uh, God is and how much he has provided to my life. Um, and just my family in general. I have the pleasure of having my mom here tonight. Um, and, you know, like providing me with the paperwork, providing me with uh, financially, and just providing every little thing. So um, I'm not supposed to. I don't know if I'm supposed to say this. But, like, if you're, if you're praying and you feel in your heart that God is calling you to missions and you're worried financially, don't worry. Like, if he's calling you, he will provide every single thing that you need, like everything. Um, so, yeah, that, w- that was great. And I think my favorite highlight uh, was definitely uh, the last city that we went to, La Lima, which everybody was calling Bell Lima, <laughs> my name. <laughs> um, so uh, we went to my city, and... <laughs> It was me, Jill, a church partner and a ministry partner. Um, And we were walking and trying to talk to people. And people were open, some a little too open. There was a drunk guy that started following us, but it was great. But I was like, I lost hope. I was like, Jesus, I'm not seeing anything happening. I am scared uh we stopped at a house where glasses were broken we had a drunk person following us i i just i just want to go home i don't think we're gonna see anything today and um i don't know i think isamar which was uh our ministry partner she was like let's try this one last house we have time for one more and we stopped by there and joe is leading them through welcome to eternity they're very open for it he's doing a great job um but then we started seeing a lot of distractions uh, that happened. So the drunk person found us <laughs> again. Uh, so he passes through the house and Isamar gets lost on translation. And she's like, can you help translate? And I'm like, um, my Spanish is pretty basic. Okay. I can understand a little bit, 
But fun fact, Brazilians speak Portuguese, <laughs> all right? Um, so I, I can understand, but I don't speak much. So I'm like, girl, let's, let's try, okay? So we're, we're trying, and everything is going good. And then uh, this lady's phone, uh, her name is Sally. Her phone rings, and she steps out. She's like, give me just a minute. So she steps out, and I'm like, we're losing her. She was so engaged, and we're losing her. Like, there are, there's a warfare going on here. So um, uh, she comes back. And I kind of interrupt Joel. I'm sorry, Joel, but I did. Um, and I start talking to her and I say, so if you die today, how likely are you going to heaven? Like if, if something happens right now, if somebody comes through the street, shoot us all here, we're dead. Where are you going? And she's like, I'm going to be 100% honest. I'm going to help. I said, well, but you say you already gave your life to Jesus, so why are you going to hell? And she's like, I'm not a good person. I have a lot of mistakes in my life. And we explained to her, again, that we're all sinners. And we go over, um, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we go over everything again. And I'm like, okay, knowing all of this, how likely are you to go to heaven right now? And she's like, I'm going to hell. I'm like, oh, okay, interesting. So I see her daughter peek out her head out of the door, and she has a little kid, about like six years old. And I'm like, okay, so you're going to hell because you're doing something wrong. So if your daughter does something wrong, are you going to turn to her and be like, you're no longer my daughter, get out of my house, I don't love you anymore? Or are you going to discipline her and still love her the same? You want her to do everything right, but she will make mistakes. But you never turn to her and be like, you're no longer my daughter. So the same thing is God for us. And I forgot to say, this was all in Spanish. I started speaking Spanish, and I was like, I don't speak Spanish. Ha ha, spirit. So it was completely the spirit of the Lord that was guiding this whole conversation. Um, so... It was great to see all of that and see how the spirit can use all of us. Um, so it was it was just amazing. And then later on, we go back and we have the VBS with all the kids. And she brings her daughter. And I'm going to let uh, Tanya share a little bit about her daughter. But it was truly amazing. Uh, yeah, I'll be kind of quick. But Clinton had taught her daughter um, in VBS that day. And... Um, he called me over for counseling and like all these little bitty kids came forward and I said, how old are they? And he was like, I don't know. And so I'm like, how old are you for? Send them back. How old are you for? Send them back. <laughs> like that kind of thing. But this one girl, she was six. There was a few that were a little bit older. Um, and I cannot remember her name, but it was Sally's daughter. Um, so anyway, I ended up talking with her and I was still thinking, okay, I'm going to share with her so that she hears. Um, and that'll kind of be that. And just, I was praying for discernment because Ooh, kids, it's tough, you know, they're little. Um, but I had on a shirt that said Mission Memphis, and she said, your shirt says Mission Memphis. No, it didn't say that. It said Mission of Mercy. And I said, okay, I'm understanding her, so that's English. And I said, can you read in English? And she said, yes, I'm learning. And I was like, okay, so she knows some things. Um, so anyway, long story short, we talked for a very long time because she talks a lot. 
Um, but she gave her life to Christ. Um, and then her mom comes over, and that's when we found out that her mom had given her life to Christ that day as well. Um, so just a really cool thing of how the Lord started a new work in a whole family. Um, yeah, really cool. Okay, thank y'all. Thank them. We're going to bring up the last group. Okay, so Rashawn, Amanda, Maggie, and Callie. Rashawn, Amanda, welcome them. Give them time to walk up here. Keep on clapping. All right, while they're coming, I'm going to share a little bit of Rashawn's story. Um, I didn't really ask her permission, but I trust she read the document, so I think she knows about it. Um, but I want to share it because I love your faith and obedience in Christ. Like, it's amazing. Um, you gave your life to Christ last year, right, in the fall. And I hope I get the details right. So soon in November, November 5th, I believe, we're going to have a missions expo. Um, so you'll be able to go by and visit all of these different booths to see how you can serve the Lord. Um, so Rashawn goes by the Honduras booth and signs up. And um, there's a girl working it named Rachel. And you saw Rachel the first video tonight. And turns out Rachel had been teaching Rashawn's son in preschool here at Bellevue. And she was like, hey, I teach your son. So they end up going to service together for a few weeks, I think, maybe a couple of weeks. And I believe that's when you told Rachel, hey, I need Jesus. So Rachel shares the gospel with her, and she gives her life to Christ. Like, amazing. Okay, so she signed up because she went to Honduras before she's even saved. What? Who does that? Um, the Lord. That's what happened. So um, she signs up for Honduras, and in our interview, I said, so Rashawn, why do you want to serve in Honduras? And I love your answer, and this is why I wanted to share this, because she said, I don't know a whole lot about all this, but I know God calls us to go, and since he called us to go, then I want to obey and go wherever he says, and so I want to go to Honduras, and I was like, in, yes, done, right? Um, so that was just a huge, huge thing, so thank you for letting me share that, because I watched, one, you work so hard, um, so hard, train so hard, and y'all, when you have kids, it's hard, like, you don't have time as a single person, right, nod your head, I hear you all talking about how busy you are, when you have kids, I'm just sorry, it gets more, I don't understand, but it's more, but you put in all the work, you met with Evangel Buddy, you met with Terry, um, that was her Evangel Buddy, and just put in all the work, memorized all the verses, you did all of the work, and then you got there, and I watched you go from kind of reserved at the beginning to like, okay, this is what we're called to do. And so tell us how you have come home now, because there were some things you talked about at the end where you saw the Lord work so greatly, and you're like, okay, I got to do this at home. So tell us about that. You can grab that mic right there. Okay, so basically when I first went, um, I didn't know what I was doing. I did, but it's like I was so scared and closed off. Um, I didn't know. I didn't want to get rejected, but it wasn't about me. It was about the Lord. So it's like when I first got there, especially doing door-to-door, -door, I was lost, but Rachel was there. She was, like, helping me through it the first time we was there. Um, it's like over time, it started, I just stopped, like, being stuck, and I was like, no, I'm gonna let the Lord, you know, lead it. So I just started opening up, and it's like it just started flowing. It's like the last time I was with Aaron, and it's like the Lord was guiding me. I was like, mm, yeah, this is good. This is really good. 
And it's like, um, let me see. Even with the kids, I can say with the kids, um, I was closed out because I, I have a son, but I don't really like teach him because he go to school. But it's like, it taught me a lot to like do more hands on with him. I was working with Maggie, um, Amanda. <laughs> they are wonderful, <laughs> especially working with kids. Um, for them not to even have kids, it was really good that they actually like trained me to do it and I have a son. So it was really good, especially coming back. It changed me a lot, or a whole lot. What perspective has it given you on wanting to share? You have, She probably invites more lost people to church than anybody in this room. Maybe David, I don't know. Um, but I'm telling you, she brings a lot of her friends to Bellevue. Um, so how has this trip impacted you wanting to reach your friends for Christ? Yeah, it, greatly, uh, especially because the Lord needs all of us. He loves us. Um, all my friends and family, they're really lost. Um, I try to reach out to them. Um, one guy that I'm really close to, um, he's he's was in a hard time in his life. Try, you know, I don't want to get into details, but he was in a hard time in his life. And I started sharing the gospel with him because he's like, the good things that he do would save him. You know, the Lord loves him, and he got a relationship with the Lord, but he want to be one foot in the world, one foot out the world. So I started sharing Welcome to Eternity with him. And <clears throat> I don't, sorry, I'll give you my nerves. <laughs> so I was sharing Welcome to Eternity with him. Um, so he gave his life to Christ. And I had bought him a Bible, so now he reads it, you know. He got the yes. app. You know, Jay. <laughs> he got the <laughs> And it was really good. Because um, when he first came, I don't know why the Lord led him to Parker, but him and Parker is like they think they tight now. They they good. <laughs> but it is really good. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, that's just, y'all, this is what our life is supposed to be about. This is why this is on Bring It Home. Um, so she goes and learns how to share and let sees how the Lord is the one who does the work. If we're just available. And then now she's led one of her closest friends to the Lord. What in the world? <sighs> Praise the Lord. That's amazing. Sean also, she has such a peace about her. There were a couple of times I remember I would, if I was in, in the middle of something and kids and I look around and she's there and she's ready to, ready to help. And I'm like, there she is, right when you need her. So thank you. All right, Amanda. Um, so you have also been going through um, just a lot of neat things. The Lord's been doing some deep work in your life, um, different ways over the last three years. So tell us a little bit about your greatest takeaway from this week. Yes. And so um, something that I really, I guess, struggled with before I came to Christ and even now still is um, fear. And the Lord is just so personal and he's so good. And he really um, spoke to my fears this time. And it was through one of our uh, ministry partners at uh, Impacto. Her name was Sarah. And this is my third time getting to go. And um, so I got to reconnect with her and her and Tanya were just talking. And so of course I come over cause I want to get some wisdom and um, they were talking, they just happened to be talking about barriers and sharing the gospel. And one was fear. And so I was like, and, or she was talking about fear and I was like, okay, okay, Lord. And so um, she, um, she says, let me, I have to I wrote it down because it was so good, and I can't really recite it the way she says it. Um, 
But she shared basically how um, not being afraid of what others think of us is the work and power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In First Corinthians, she shared uh, also to her their her scripture memory like just amazes me. Um, she probably knows the ba- the Bible from words and backwards. But she said uh, it says in First Corinthians one twenty one. Um, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Um, and so something that's, that she kind of uh, got out of that verse was it pleases um, God for us to preach the gospel. And um, that is something that really uh, hit me because um Honduras has kind of become my comfort zone, and even door to door has kind of become became become uh, can't talk become my comfort zone. And um, I think it's because you know, like, oh, I'll I'll see these people, but once, and I probably won't see them again. So there's not really much face lost there. Um, and so that really where I've been convicted is speaking to my coworkers about the Lord, and it's because I'm scared of uh, of what they'll think of me. And um, she shared. Uh, she shared about she shared that verse, and then she also said she mentioned Paul, and you know we've been in Acts, so it's kind of cool. But um, just how like it's not it's not us it's not no matter how well I can share Welcome to Eternity, no matter like how much scripture I know that is good. We need to hide God's word in, his, in our hearts, but that is not what is going to lead someone to Christ. It is like everyone. I'm just echoing pretty much everything that everyone's been saying, but it's the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so he's the one that changes hearts and changes lives. We are just, Tanya said it before, but it's like delivering, serving a meal to someone. It is going to be their choice to, to eat it or not. And so, but the Holy Spirit leads them to do, to make that decision. Um, and so I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, oh, to some, uh, so yeah, just to kind of sum it all up, there was a scripture that I kind of um, have been meditating on. It's Galatians 1.11. Um, for am I now seeking the approval of man or God, or God, or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. And so something that I gathered out of that verse is servants, uh, hold on, I didn't write it down. That's great. I think servants of Christ, hold on, I did write it, I wrote it down somewhere. Servants of Christ live to please only Christ, I think, or something like that. But, like, basically, like, we're not here to please other people. We're here to please the Lord. Um, but, yeah. So. And you've seen that play out even here, like, with your patients at work and so many different ways. Y'all should ask her. She'll tell you. Um, so tell us one of your favorite stories. Um, yes. From her. So there were so many stories, like Tanya said, and we could all talk here for hours, but one I will share was um, the last day we were at La Lima, and we did, uh, I was doing crafts. Normally I would do, like, I was doing counseling and, like, evangelism the whole week, and so I did crafts, and then after that, uh, towards the end of the last station, after that was done, um, Aaron, like, comes up to me and is like, hey, we need you, uh, there's, like, 12 kids that just want to that need counseling because Clinton just shared the gospel with them and I was like okay cool and so um I go over there and then there's like there's 12 of them and we're like well let's divide them up into four groups so that each of us have like three kids and so I take three uh three of the kids and um they Clinton did a great job of sharing the gospel with them because they I reshared with them and they all were like yes yes and so um when they they pray to receive Christ and then something I always ask after that is okay or that I've that the Lord's kind of shared with me to ask is like um so okay now that you're saved if you were to sin again let's say tomorrow or even now um 
can your salvation, can that gift that you just received be taken away from you? And literally all three of them, normally, typically all, especially kids, well, even adults, but even, you know, but, um, most people are like, um, like they're like, mm, maybe. And, uh, and some kids are like, yeah, I think it, they can, but they all shook their heads. No. And I was like, why? <laughs> and I just, just so that they could tell me, cause I was like, oh my goodness. And so, um, the one little kid, one little boy was like, because, um, God gave us this gift and that, and if, and you know, God gave it to us, so no one can take it away from us. And I was just like, yes, you're so right. And there was a verse I wanted to share with that too. And, it's John 10, 28, and it says, I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. And so um, that's basically what, you know, that little boy was confessing right uh, then. But there was one, um, there was another verse I wanted to share, and it it, it reminded me of this verse, like, like who t- who told him that, right? It was the, obviously it was the Holy Spirit, but Matthew 16, 6, 17 says, 16 through 17 says, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Or I think, I think right before that, Jesus was asking him, who do you say I am? Or something like that. And then Simon Peter says, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. So like, I didn't, I didn't teach that little boy that, um, the Holy Spirit revealed that to him. And so I just thought that was so sweet, but just to close Jeremiah and reverse Jeremiah 29, 13 says, um, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And so when the Lord just, the Lord will, is so faithful. And like when you are seeking him, when you are truly uh, hungry and you're thirsty for him, he's going to fill your cup. He's going to provide that for you. Um, so, but yeah, that's it. Thank you. Yeah. Amanda uh, made a really good point there too, uh, back when she was talking about how serving in Honduras and even at Mission Memphis can almost become our comfort zone in a way because you're thinking, okay, I'm not going to see these, I might not see these people again. And so that fear uh, that we might have when we're sharing with our coworkers and things like that, um, it might not be there as strong if you're comfortable with sharing. So that's something that I definitely um, strive to work on too. And, but the Lord brings us out of our comfort zones, right? Like we are to be obedient. We are to share the good news. And as I said earlier, it's a beautiful, beautiful feeling and, 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 moment when um, you are able to share and the grace of God is able to save someone. So we just have to be obedient. And we also see that in our, we have to uh, be obedient in our workplaces, in our lives, with our families. Um, And so I want to ask Maggie uh, a little bit about that. So would you, Maggie, would you share us uh, the takeaway that you had in Vienna Nueva and also how the Lord challenged you to be on mission here at home in Memphis? Yes. Um, so at Via Nueva, we were doing, um, we started out doing door-to-door. And so um, so I went to Honduras a few years ago. And when I was there doing door-to-door, it was just not great. There was a lot of fear, a lot of like anxiety. And so to come back um, two years later and just like have grown so much in like my own like relationship with the Lord and just like realizing that it's like not, it has nothing to do with me, but it's like really is all the Lord. Um, so having a chance to like lead a team to do door to door was just really cool because there was no fear at all. I, okay, there was a little fear on the bus. I Tanya was like, she was like, "Hey, you're gonna be on a team all by yourself," and I was like, "What?" Um, so on the bus, I was just like praying. There was just a little 
like five minutes of fear. And I was just like praying and studying and praying and studying. Um, but other than that, there was no fear. Um, and even like approaching the lady at being away, but there was no fear. And so I was like, that is literally just the Lord. Um, so I think that gave me a lot of more like confidence and like, okay, um, if I can do it here, I can definitely do it um, back home. Um, and so that's just kind of like encouraged me more. Um, and the Lord's really like placed that on my heart just to like, you know, that it's not me. And if I can do it, you know, you know across the country, um, across the world, I can do it in my own home um, town. Um, so, but um, one of my stories from Villanueva is we were, after we like shared the gospel with this lady, um, we were taking a break because it was hot. So we were just like drinking some water and this man walked up. Um, I'm not sure what his name is. I call him Jose um, because that's what he told me it was. But his name is Jose. Um, and so he just like came out and invited us like to his house. Um, and it was just like just a really run down kind of place. Um, and honestly, I didn't do a lot of talking because he was just going 90 miles a minute, literally just like um, in Spanish. And so I kind of just let our ministry partners like take that over because it was just easier. And um, so they were translating for me. Um, and so we go over there and he just started to, we like were asking like if he has a relationship with the Lord, like if he was to die, like how confident is he that he'd like go to heaven. Um, and he just kept saying that like started telling us about like his life and um, just um, how like he had a hard life and he never learned how to like read or write. Um, and so because of that, he doesn't think that he is able to become, to be a Christian, to be truly saved. Um, and so, you know, they were just telling him like, you know, the Lord accepts us like as we are. Um, and so we just kept talking to him and he kept every time we'd like bring up like, okay, like, how are you feeling? Like, do you have any questions? He would just go back to like his, like, um, the whole, like, I can't read, I can't write. So how can I like know the gospel and all this stuff? Um, so then we would kind of go to who, to this lady who was also there, um, I'm not really sure what her relationship was to him, but um, she was there and she also did the same thing, was talking about her disabilities and she had um, a lot of medical issues going on and just was just saying how like it's hard for her to understand because she has something with her brain and it was hard for her to like understand and so she couldn't have a relationship with the Lord because of that. Um, and so, but the cool thing was is that um, they did not make a profession of faith, but they were already attending the church that we were, the church at Villanueva. And so, um, and the guy, the man was being discipled by one of the um, church pastors there. So even though like we left there and like had a good conversation and, and they did not make a decision, like there's still, we didn't just leave them there. Like there's still people who are there to like pour into them and like reassure their faith and um, share the gospel with them. So that's was really cool. I wanted to say one of the, so later on that day, I was mm -hmm. teaching men's Bible study in Villanueva, <laughs> and this same man, I didn't know at the time, I didn't know that Maggie had an interaction with him earlier, mm -hmm. had, had come to the Bible study, and he was there at least 45 minutes to an hour, and he was very attentive and listening 
And it was funny because afterward, when I was talking to Maggie about this, we realized this was the same man. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like we had two different experiences in that in that sense. But it was beautiful yeah. because he was very open and was listening. And I truly believe that was from what your conversation had been earlier in that day, the Holy Spirit had led him there. And that was it was really cool to see. Yeah. Um, that is another one of my favorite things about Impacto. And this is why when we talk about that whole missionary test, that we're way at the end of it because we don't just leave there and say, okay, see you in heaven or leave there and think, oh no, will they ever come to know the Lord? Like these churches we are partnering with, they go back and they disciple these believers. They go back and they keep sharing um, with those who are seeking. And so we know the work has not finished. Um, so thank you, Maggie. All right, Callie, the last one. Um, Y'all, she's looking to see what her picture is. Um, <laughs> um, this I'm telling you, so much I could say about Callie, but if I didn't want to cross her, I'll say all of them. But Callie came in last summer, I think it was, like maybe May, June, August, I forget. Um, the retreat, yeah, it was right before the retreat, actually, I remember now. Um, so Callie came in, and we had a lot of time together, and she had a lot of questions, a lot of hard questions and I don't know how many times I would leave a conversation and I would say, I don't know the answer to that, but I will find out and get back to you, right? Um, it happened all the time because she was seeking the Lord, and I mean seeking all about the Lord. Um, and since she has given your life to Christ, like fully surrendered, I think, to the Lord, um, I didn't get to be a part of that because she was listening to another sermon. Okay, so I'm going to share this part. Um, we're already out of time then. Anyway, um, so... Um, okay, I've been praying for her. We've been sharing. And she said, I want to meet up again. And I was like, Lord, I've said all I can say. I don't know what, I don't know how else to share the gospel. I've shared every way I know how. I've shared all the verses I know. I don't know what else to say. And I'm praying and I'm researching how else, other ways to share the gospel. Um, so this is what's happening. So she shows up. This is probably, we were going to meet up on a Tuesday. She shows up in my life group on a Sunday. And she said, hey, I need to know about that discipleship thing that I've been hearing about. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, there's a first step before that. And she was like, because I gave my life to Christ this weekend. Um, and I was like, praise the Lord. <laughs> anyway, um, and so anyway, from then, we have been in discipleship together this year. And the Lord called her, led her to this trip. And it has been amazing um, at the work the Lord has done in her life. Um, she is a gifted teacher. She would hate for me to go on and share that. Maggie, you know. Um, we've been in discipleship together and love to hear her insights every single week has been amazing because she's still that same inquisitive seeker, but now on the side of, I, hold, I have the Holy Spirit in me and he's speaking to me. Um, and so it is very good applied to life every week. Anyway, Callie, now we're going to talk about Honduras. Um, so Callie, this is your first time to go. So just show, tell us like something that you learned there, some, a story that you want to share, and then how you're going to bring that home. Right. So um, I have a lot of anxiety. So from the beginning, I was scared. I was like, before I signed up for the trip, I'm like, I'm scared. I don't want to go. I don't want to share. I don't know how to share the gospel. Uh, but I was paired up with Miss Terry, and, and we met up a lot. <laughs> A whole, whole, whole lot. Um, Panera was our little hub where we would practice. And um, my fear was that I would meet people like me who would ask me a million questions and I wouldn't be ready <laughs> uh, and I wouldn't know how to reply. Uh, 
But that's where I learned that there's so many people who don't even have the basics. They've never heard the gospel, not like a short version, not anything. We uh, we were discipling this one guy, but we were sharing the gospel with a guy. I was with Chase. And um, at some point, Chase asked, like, how come you've never given your life to God before? And he said, well, nobody's ever shared it with me. Like, I've never heard it. And he had, like, this earring with the cross. So, you know, you would assume. He knows <laughs> He knows a little bit. But he knew nothing. And, like, I just couldn't fathom that idea. And just knowing that there's people here in Memphis like that, that like, never heard anything about the Lord. Maybe they know that, you know, we have a church in every corner, but they don't know who Jesus is. They don't know what he's done for us. Um, and just that really um, spoke to me. And... Um, coming back since we've been back I've shared the gospel with like six people and it's that investment like that time that I put in that Miss Terry put in that now like I'm not really scared if I don't know the answer to something but I learned from Tanya is like you come back you come back with verses you come back with your own research like you look it up you learn more to be able to share the gospel better and practice <laughs> practice 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 um just our current environment the church is under like so much attack and it's under attack from people who don't know what they're talking about they're, they don't know the gospel they don't know what Jesus has done and I think it's so important that we're out there combating that that we're sharing the gospel with people so that when they look at the world they can see God in that as well yes amen that's amazing I think hopefully what you've heard tonight is it's not about us, whoever's on the stage, y'all sitting in the chairs. It's not about us. The same God that is in the Old Testament, the same God in the New Testament, that same Holy Spirit we've been talking about in Acts, it's about the Lord. It's about his great love for us. And because of who he is, we are able to take part in him reaching other people um, for Christ. And so hopefully that is what you have heard um, tonight through all of this. Um, so with that, thank them for being here tonight. Y'all can go ahead and have a seat. And Ben, you want to come up and close us? I just, real quick, uh, it has been such a blessing getting to serve with these brothers and sisters that you've, you've heard from tonight. If, if you don't know them, get to know them. They are great brothers and sisters in Christ. They love the Lord. Ask questions. Any of any one of them would be happy to tell you more about the Lord. Thank you. We're going to finish up real quick. I just want, there's some observations that I want to share with you. There's, a, as we heard from this group, there was about four, there were a lot of things that were clear, four things that I think are worth pointing out. Number one, they were prayed up. They were ready to go. Uh, they did the work on the front end. They were prayed up. Secondly, they were prepared. I don't know if you caught this or not, um, but somebody shared the gospel using Welcoming Eternity, somebody used the Evangel Cube, and somebody else used Three Circles. So that means that they had at least three ways that they knew how to share the gospel. They were prepared to do what God had called them to do to go to Honduras. Thirdly, they were dependent upon the Lord. They were willing to do what the Holy Spirit called them to do, and they knew that God could not move, that, that nothing could happen unless God showed up, and they were dependent upon the Lord. And what I love to hear is that God gave the increase. God gave the increase. What we saw happen was household salvation. I heard of at least two families where the majority of their household was saved. Praise God! 
Like, that's an amazing thing to happen, right? It is no small thing to see salvation come to one person, let alone to a whole family. They were prepared, they were prayed up, they were dependent upon the Lord, and God gave the increase. And Tanya just said it very well. The same God that was serving in the Old Testament that's still moving in the New Testament in the book of Acts that we're studying now worked in Honduras, and guess what? He works in Memphis too. So what keeps us from taking our next step and being bold in our faith at our jobs tomorrow with our families? What's keeping, what's holding back? And there's some of you that's, that went to Honduras and you're like, I shared the gospel 15 times. It was awesome. And then as soon as you step into the, your workplace, you're like, I don't know who Jesus is. <laughs> you know, isn't it crazy? And I'll do it too. I'm not, I'm not casting stones. It's just the way that it is. Man, I'm telling you, God is moving and He can still move in us today. And I just want you to think about, man, if you have never gone on a mission trip, I guarantee you anybody that was on this stage, anybody that went on that trip would say it's life-changing. It will change your life. But young adults, we don't have to wait till Honduras next year. God can use you tomorrow. And that's my prayer is that we will catch this vision, the vision that we are going to share no matter what. We're going to follow God no matter what. We're going to do what He calls us to do no matter what. And we are going to be willing to take the gospel to our neighbors, to the nation, and to the nations. That's my prayer for this group. Next, this whole week, we got a week. Next week, we're, we're learning about Acts 13, the church, and missions. That's what we're studying next week. How awesome would it be for you to bring one person with you next week just to invite them to church because they'll hear the gospel. You might have the opportunity to share the gospel with them. It's just simple. Hey, on Wednesdays, I go here, I drink free coffee and hear some country guy with a bad accent from East Tennessee. He's really great. You know, I'm sure you say that. Just, we can bring them here. How simple. How simple. And it starts Saturday, right? You're going to have practice in Hillview. Go to Hillview. Share the gospel. See people come to know Christ. God is moving. But what I love is we see we were prayed up. We were prepared. We were dependent upon God. And he gave the increase. That will happen all the time if we live that way now. I could say a lot more, but I'm going to close in prayer. So grateful. Praise the Lord for your faithfulness to go to Honduras, for your faithfulness to pray for those that went to Honduras. And it is amazing to see what God is doing and is going to continue to do as we seek to serve Him faithfully. Let's pray. Father, we thank You and we love You. We're so grateful for who You are. Lord, we praise Your holy name for those that were saved in Honduras. Lord, we praise Your holy name for those that have been saved in the last week here and those that have been saved in the last two or three weeks here. Lord, we give You praise. Lord, we pray that we will follow the example of this Honduras team, Lord, that we will be prayed up, that we will be prepared, we will be dependent upon you, Lord, and that we will wait and see you give the increase. Lord, we thank you for who you are, and we pray now that you will go with us, even to our job sites tomorrow. May we faithfully, faithfully, Before we, um, yeah, thank you. Is in the hospital, and she's asked us to pray for him.
Um, so if y'all just bow your heads. Thank you for just your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that you are a powerful, loving, good father. We thank you for the work that you did in Honduras. We thank you for that same power that you save souls, that you used to save souls, that you also heal people. And so we are praying right now for Alexis's uncle, Jacob. We don't know the backstory or what's going on, but you know all of the things that's going on with his body. And so we just ask that you use the doctors, use nurses, use medicine, and use miracle to heal him. We pray that you would breathe life into him. We pray that you would let all of his organs and all of his um, just systems to work properly. We pray that you would heal him physically, and if he doesn't have a relationship with you, that you would heal him spiritually. I pray that you would show this family your goodness as they um, just lean to you, the only one who is in control of life. And we just give Jacob to you and ask you to heal him. In Jesus' name, amen.